Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened. And we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged. And we love you. God bless. We recognize and are sure, Lord, your name is above all names. There's all power. In the name of Jesus, at the sound of your name, demons have to flee and sickness has to leave because all power is in your name. So we speak it together today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And as we spoke it, man, there was power. There's power in that name. Lord, have your way in this place. Do work as only you can do, Father. Speak to our hearts. Let your will be done and draw people to you. Father, that's our prayer today. Change lives. We love you and thank you. Let us continue to praise you throughout the remainder of this service. In Jesus' wonderful power and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, lift an ovation of praise as you find your seat. Yes. Isn't that silly to act that way? Isn't it? I, I, was watching, I was watching television last night. What was it that was on TV last night? And I watched 92,000 people. Some of them painted their whole bodies red. Fat people can't do that because I'd be washing red off for six months. You can't do that. But here's what I want to know. Why is that okay? And folks that have found freedom act a little crazy and people think it's fanatical. Well, maybe it is fanatical. Uh, anybody fanatic about Jesus? I just wonder. Hey, you belong here today. I'm glad you're here. Turn to somebody and say, you belong here. Now, now turn to set your second choice and say, you belong here too. You know, the... The person you didn't like as much as the first person that you turned to. Hey, uh, I will tell you, I, any, any, any folks in here that make mistakes from time to time? All right, so, uh, so we, we usually do in the fall a, a back-to-church kind of Sunday every fall. And, and this year, the Sunday that we normally do, do it on, this didn't work with the rest of our calendar and so I'm like, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll shift it. And so I got my calendar, and I'm like, okay, well, we'll do it on October the 7th. And then all of a sudden, over the last 10 days, I've been getting texts and emails and phone calls. We're not going to be there this week. We're not going to be there this week. We're not gonna. I'm like, what is going on? It is you belong here Sunday, and you're not going to be here. Person after person after person after person. And my, my good friend Cindy Robertson, in her very soft-spoken way, said, you know you planned you belong here Sunday on the week of fall break for Gwinnett County and Walton County and Barrow County. I did not know that. So all those folks that belong here ain't here. They're on the beach so we can enjoy. But here's what I know. On the flip side of that coin, can I tell you what the flip side of that coin is? I believe in the sovereignty of God. And I believe that you're here today because you're supposed to be here. 
So again, I want to just, I want you to hear these words, these very simple three words come out of my mouth from my heart. You belong here. And, and to kind of share that with you, I want you to turn with me. It's in your bulletin. It'll be on the screen behind me. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 19 to 22. We looked at these passages of Scripture really hard about a year ago. Uh, we do, doing a whole series in the book of Ephesians. And, and I, I just want you to, uh, I want to read this to you, and I'm going to stop every so often and just kind of pour some stuff in. Is that okay if I do that? Okay, so here we go. Consequently, okay, stop. Consequently is one of those words that is kind of like therefore. Remember, I used to tell you that if you ever see the word therefore in the Bible, you're supposed to ask, what's it? Well, consequently is a kind of a word like that. It, it means let's, let's look back at what, I, what he's already said. And so just for clarification purposes, let me tell you this. This book is written to a church in Ephesus by the Apostle Paul, and most of the people in Ephesus were Gentiles. In other words, they weren't Jewish people. And Paul said, listen, I know you've been told all along that you don't fit in. I know you've been told all along that you're not part of our group. You ever get excluded from the cool table in the lunchroom? I know you've been told all your life you don't fit in, that you're not holy enough, that you don't follow all the right rules, that you don't have your stuff together, but Paul says you belong here. And maybe that doesn't mean anything to you. But I bet that some of you have been told all your life you don't fit in. You're not good enough. You don't measure up. You're not religious enough. Consequently, I need you to know you belong here. That's pretty good preaching from consequently, isn't it? You belong here. It doesn't matter that you've been told all your life you don't fit in, you weren't good enough, you didn't measure up. You're not cool enough that you don't have all that it takes. You're not talented enough. You're not religious enough. Consequently, he said, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and listen, and also members of his household. Not only do you belong here, he said you're members of God's house. God's house. God's, not my house, not Paul's house, not God's house. You belong in God's house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And him, the whole building. How many know he's not talking about a building? He's talking about the church. And how many know the church isn't four walls and bricks and mortar? The church is me and you. In him, the whole building joined together. Turn to somebody and say, together. And rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Look at somebody else and say, become. Together, become. Together, Become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Together, become. How many of you still in the process of becoming who God has you to be? Here's what, we, here's what I know to be true. You'll never get there by yourself. You'll never get there detached from other people. And can I tell you that many of us 
try to be the Christian Lone Ranger and it doesn't work. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. You belong here and I'm so glad you're here today. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Before I pray for this service, thank you that you've given Dwayne a place to belong. I fit in in your house. I belong in your house. I'm your child. I'm your family. You've adopted me into your house, and I found a place to belong. God, over the next few moments, help us to understand just how we belong here. Amen. Okay, so if you've been a life pointer for a while, nothing I say to do today is going to be new to you. Nothing I say today is going to be some great grand revelation to you. It's going to be stuff that you've heard because this is stuff I believe with everything in me. Sometimes messages like this are hard to preach because I believe this so passionately. So the first thing I want you to to understand and write down if you're taking notes, and you should, by the way, you should take notes, that you belong here because this is a place where you can connect, grow, and serve. And you've heard me say that that's not just a cool tagline on our logo. That's who we are. We believe if you'll become a part of this church that you'll do those three things, that you'll connect with God. That's what this worship time was all about was to give you and me an opportunity to experience the presence of God and connect to Him in a way that maybe you never have before. To connect with God and to connect with other people. And I'm I'm convinced that we don't do this journey, this walk of life alone, and that isolation breeds misery. And if I'm going to grow as a believer, if I'm going to grow as a man, I need to surround myself with people who are going to help me grow. That's not just true in your church life, by the way. How many know that if you want to be smart, you hang around smart people? You, some of y'all need to hang around different people. Just going to leave that right there. Was that, was that harsh? Is that harsh? Connect with God. You connect with others. You connect and we... We say it like this. It's okay to not be okay, but... Hallelujah. I'm thankful that God found me in in the lowest part of my life. Anybody could say that, that, that God found you... People say, I found God. You didn't find God. God's not lost. God found me at the lowest part of my life. Can anybody say that to be true? Yes. And and I'm glad he didn't leave me there. Now, I'm not where I'm supposed to be yet by any stretch of the imagination, but he didn't leave me where he found me. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. That God has bigger things for you. God has a better life for you than where he found you. And part of this deal is to grow closer to Him. 
there's this passage in Ephesians chapter 4. Um, <laughs> it's not in your bulletin, but it'll be on the screen behind me. See, so what's this? Told you. That's amazing. Then, oh, oh stop. Then. There's another word. That's kind of like consequently. He said, then we'll no longer be immature. What's, what's in front of then? Well, if you have your Bibles open, you could go back and read it. But how about I just tell you? Is that okay? What Paul said is, what you need to do is you need to connect yourself to the church. Because in the church, I'm going to put people uh, in, in, in leadership positions, in teaching positions, that's going to equip you to do this life. And so if you'll do that, if you'll connect yourself to a local body of believers who has a pastor and a teacher and, and people around you that's going to help you grow, then you'll no longer be immature like children. Anybody else act like children sometimes? Sometimes it's good to act like children. Because I think sometimes we, we you know, you, you act old and you get old. So I'm, I'm never going to be old. But, but spiritually, how many know we don't need to be children all the time? We need, there comes a point we need to grow up, right? We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. There's a lot of that out there, y'all. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. And here's the part I want you to grasp. Growing in every way. More and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. I genuinely believe this. That part of the mission of our church is, is to provide teaching for you so you don't stay where Christ found you. But you grow in every way more like Christ. And then, so we connect, we grow, and then we serve. Oh, it's not there. Whoa, see, I was wrong. We connect, we grow, and then we serve. And, and listen, I want you to understand, the most unfulfilled, discontented people I know are people who have never connected to the idea that they don't exist to serve themselves. Narcissistic people are miserable. It's when it's all about me and it's what I want and what I need and what makes me happy. When it's all about me, you know, there's a problem with that. It, it's not how you were created. It's not who you're supposed to be. We're supposed to serve other people and, and especially those of you who call yourself Christians. A Christian who doesn't serve his family, his church, his community, and his Savior is like, is like a brand new automobile that never leaves the garage. And I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that brand new automobile that never leaves the garage. I want God to use me to do what he's called me to do and what he's designed me to do. I, we don't have time for this this morning, but I need you to hear me. Just trust me on this. God's got a powerful design for your life, a unique plan that's good, and that's what I want for me. So we, this is a place where you can connect and grow and serve, and you belong here. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is a place where grace lives. I was watching a YouTube video not too long ago. It was hilarious. 
and it was called uh, Instant Karma. Anybody ever seen those? It's, it's like there's a, it's, there's a kid bullying another kid, and, and then the kid that was bullying, you know, falls down flat on his face, and everybody just laughs because he was a... It, it's somebody that cuts somebody off in traffic and then winds up, you know, rolling their car off the side of the road. It's those... It's that moment when you, you watch it and you go, well, they really got what they deserved. Let me tell you what grace is. Grace is the opposite of karma. Grace is that beautiful part of God where I don't get what I deserve. What I deserve is death and hell. But because of God's grace, I walk in forgiveness and freedom. What I deserve is misery and judgment and death and punishment. But because of the work of the cross, because Jesus took what I deserved, I walk in freedom and liberty. That's grace, y'all. You don't have a spot for this. But you ought to jot this down. Grace is mercy, not merit. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But God showers it on me. His forgiveness, His love, and His goodness, and a life that I simply don't deserve is mine and it's yours, not because we're good, but because He's good. It's His grace. I've heard people say that God has grace. God doesn't have grace anymore that God has love. God is grace. God is love. See, it's, it, grace goes beyond grace goes beyond just my forgiveness and freedom. Grace is what is that part of God that gives me strength to live and to and you know I used I wrote it down to say that Grace is what gives me strength to live right. And I, 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 I scratched it out and said, grace is what gives you the strength to live, period. I mean, you know, sometimes this world is difficult. And sometimes, you know, especially when you're trying to do the right thing. I, I just wonder, all right, how many of you would say that there was a time in your life when you're trying to live the right way and stuff got harder? You think that's a coincidence? Of course it isn't. Because the enemy doesn't want to see you walking in the freedom and, and the love that, that God and His grace provides. And so here's the deal. God loves you enough to, that, that strength that keeps you going when you're when, in those difficult days, when the world's crashing around you, it, that strength is God's, is God's grace. We, call, uh, we talk a lot about the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit are are nine elements in Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. That's eight. I forgot one. Faithfulness. Thank you. In uh, a few places in the New Testament, you know, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of grace. You can't be loving and kind and joyful and gracious and all of those things without him and his grace and so i'm going to tell you that this is a place where grace lives and and if 
If you need forgiveness and freedom, you can find that here. And if you need strength to live this life, you can find that here because this is a place where grace lives because this is a place where God lives. So this is a place where grace lives, but this is also a place where truth lives. There's this cool passage in in the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, where John is introducing us to who Jesus is. And it's, it's different than any other of the four Gospels where John's just like, let me tell you who I'm going to be talking about for the next several chapters. I'm, he, and, and he talks about Jesus, the Word made flesh. And he, he, he makes this statement in John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let, let, me, let me tell you a story how Jesus displayed grace and truth. There was a, a story in, in, in John chapter 8, it's in a couple different passages, where uh, a woman was caught in the act of adultery. And they brought her which always confused me because, I mean, we're all adults here, right? Doesn't it take two? But they brought her. They brought her and they're going to they're gonna stone her and they're going to judge her and they're going to uh, ostracize her and maybe even kill her because she's caught... In the act of adultery, and Jesus does this cool deal where he he writes on the ground with his hand, and he tells all of those religious zealots, the one of you that's without sin, cast the first stone. And and, and it's cool to to kind of read the story, and you can if you if you open your mind's eye, you can see each one of those guys drop their stone and walk away. And I don't, we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us what Jesus wrote. I have a theory. Would you like to hear it? I think it was names and dates. They dropped the stone and walked away. Just a theory. But then just the woman and Jesus has this encounter. And Jesus says, okay. All of those people that were condemning you, where are they? Who condemns you now? And she says these words, John chapter 8, verse 11. No one, sir. And then Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. That's grace. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. That's truth. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Some. Some of you have walked up to me or walked up to Matthew, walked up to Mikey when he speaks, and you've said, man, you really read my mail today. You stomped on my toes. Can I just really tell you what I want to say in those moments? You're welcome. (laughs) Because first of all, that's not us. When When you sense that light bulb beaming on your head, I've been there. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's like... When you sense that, that's not, that's not Dwayne any more than it's PV. Are those PV speakers? 
Okay. Because that would have really been stupid if they were Yamahas. It wouldn't have made sense. That's, that's the Holy Spirit dropping truth on you. That's, he's like, you need to make a change. And here's what I want you to hear. Truth lives here. And if you come here and you continue coming here, here's what I pray. I pray that there are those moments when the truth of God invades your life. And, and if you're off of the path that God has for you, that he makes you, that he provides this holy discomfort to bring you back. And listen, that's a good thing, y'all. Because listen, if all we have as a church, if we don't have tr- grace and truth, we just have grace, then guess what? It's okay to not be okay, but you're going to stay right where you're at. And if all we have is truth, then guess what? We're going to be legalistic and mean and pointing fingers and judgmental. And that's not who we are. I want to be a church full of grace and truth. That's who, that's who we are. Not only is this a place where grace lives, and this is a place where truth lives. This is a place. Man, I'm just going to tell you now that you're here and you need to hear this today. This is a place where you're defined by your purpose and not your past. So here's just so I know I'm talking to the right people. You're here, and if you're telling your life story, there's part of it you want to leave out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I, God dropped this passage of Scripture in my, in my life when, at, a, at a point in my life when I really needed to hear it. Because I need you to understand that the enemy wants you to live in the rearview mirror of who you used to be and what you used to do and how you used to act and all the other stuff and, and the hurt and the resentment that's in your past. And, well, you don't know what they did to me, how they hurt me. I, I, my heart breaks for you, but you can't live there. You're not defined by your past. And what, There's a reason they call it past. And so many people, y'all, So many people never find God's purpose because they can't get out of their past. And I don't want that for you. I want you to discover the purpose that God has for you in this life. Here's this passive scripture. I love this. Listen. And I just want you to I just want you to hear this passage of Scripture as it's God speaking to you. And what you're thinking about are all those resentments and all those hurts and all that past stuff that's in your past. And and I want you to hear God say this to you. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. Come on, y'all. Isn't that good news? doing something new i've already begun well i don't see it that doesn't mean god's not working on your behalf do you not see it i'll make a path through the wilderness i'll create rivers in a dry wasteland man if that's you this morning if you're in in a in a dark place in a dry place i want you to know that god's already begun a new work and you don't have to live in, in your rearview mirror. You don't have to live in the hurts and the resentments and the disappointments and the sin of your past. That's not how you're defined. You're defined by who God's created you to be. And He didn't make mistakes. I'm thankful 
that God sees me as the man I'm becoming, not as the man I used to be. That's good. Man. I don't really know how to say this. I recognize, and, and you don't have to come pat me on the back later and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognize I'm not the greatest communicator on the planet. I, I have YouTube too. I understand that there are a lot of people who are more eloquent and, more, and have better communication skills. I understand that. I get that. But I, I need you to hear this from my heart. When I'm here and you're there, I feel like I'm, put on, I'm doing what God put me on this planet to do. And there's no feeling in the world like that. And I want you to, please hear me. I want you to find that. I want you to find that thing where you go, I was made for this. This is why God put me on the planet. And I'm watching some of you discover that. And it thrills me. Can I tell you that means more to me than if this building were packed and overflowing. To see some of you find that thing for which you were created. And knowing that some of you had to go through hell to get there. And knowing I have found that thing. See, that's... Isn't that life? (laughs) So I want this church. And I want to help you find that. And... Let me tell you something exciting that's coming up that we're going to help you do that. Uh, you're going to hear over the next several weeks about some, some changes that's going to take place in the new year that I'm so excited about. One of them is this. We're going to give you an opportunity five, four or five times a year to get plugged into what we're going to call a growth track. And what that is, is just a series of times when we gather together and we help you discover your spiritual gift and we help you find that place. Oh, that's good. Can I, can I tell you? When you find that place where God is using you to do something so much bigger than you could do on your own. Oh, the, guess what happens to your past? All of a sudden... All of a sudden, that stuff in your past, you realize that God took what the enemy meant to kill you and has redeemed it for His glory and His goodness. So don't you let the past define you. That's that's where the enemy wants you to live. This is a place where you're not defined by your past, but by your purpose. If you take a note, write this down. This is a place... To do life together. (laughs) We're a church of small groups. Some of you are in one this morning. Listening to my wife teach. Some of you, that we call that a growth group by the way. You probably called it Sunday school. But I don't know about y'all, but I just, I never liked that terminology. Because I didn't like going to school. Is that weird? So we call it a growth group. Tonight at my house, and you are all invited, by the way, we have a life group. There's, there's two qualifications to come into life group tonight. You've got to bring something to eat, and you can't park in my neighbor's driveway. So if you can do those two things, you're welcome to come 
see us, we'll give you directions to my house. We, we got snow caps. Where are my snow caps people? Woohoo! If you don't know what snow caps is, wait a few years and you will. It's a small group. We do, we do life together. The life group that meets at my house, man, can I tell you, I, I, have, I have a dream. I, I really do. Because if, you, if you've ever been to, Joy calls it the life group. You will laugh. Listen, let me tell you something. You get in a room with Justin Kimmler, Clint Banks, Trent Johnson, and Mikey Lipe, you're going to laugh. Just drop that there. It's my favorite, one of my favorite things that we do. Do you know why? I don't do anything. You know what I'm doing at the group tonight? I'm making chili cheese dip, and it's good, so you ought to come. Donna prays. Kelly Johnson leads our discussion. I'd, it's, we, we talk, and we, it, sometimes it's, we try to stay on, ta- on task, and it just, the conversation goes crazy. It, but here's what I need you to do. I have a dream of dozens of those groups meeting all across this community yeah. where people gather together with other people and just do life. <laughs> the biblical word is fellowship. We, we, make it mean, we make fellowship mean something else, don't we? Fellowship is, Donna said fellowship is fried chicken. <laughs> right? Fellowship is food. How many know that's not really what fellowship is all about? Fellowship is when we do life together. I'm convinced, and, and I say this all the time, That if the enemy can isolate us, he can deceive us. If he can isolate us, he can cause us. It's, it's a lot easier to believe the lie of the enemy when that's the only voice you're listening to. But I wonder, have you ever been in, in an environment when the enemy's spoken lies to you and then you got around some people who were faith-filled and all of a sudden that demonic enemy's voice just began to drift into silence because you got around the right people. Not around perfect people, but around people who are walking through the same junk that you're walking through or similar to what you're going through. And, and, and you, just, you just hurt. One of the most beautiful things that happens at our life group on Sunday nights is we start taking prayer needs. And, and all of a sudden... It's, it's, there's this thing that happens where people are just sharing their, their heart and what they want to see God do in their life and in their family. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that never happens in this room. We don't have a huge church, but we, we, we don't have... It just doesn't happen here. You can't. And so I'm convinced that what God wants to do in our church is... We're already a church of small groups, but man, I want to see everybody that comes to LifePoint connected to some kind of group. We've got a brand new one that I'm so excited about that meets here on Tuesday nights. People who are struggling with addiction, who have families that struggle with addiction, or who might think they might struggle with addiction, or who heard that there was such a thing as addiction can come here and find peace. And, and listen, not only, 
You know, what, you know what's powerful about that group? It's because you're going to sit down in a circle with people who are struggling with some of the same stuff you're struggling with. And there's, man, that's an environment where God can work. Here's this passage, we, just to show you that fellowship isn't all about food, fried chicken, and chili cheese dip. Read this passage with me, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I want to know Christ. Can, you, can we stop there? And you agree, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Look at that word, sharing. If you read King James, it says, in the fellowship of his suffering. What, what fellowship really is, is when you and I share in one common thing. Now, I look across this room, and there's a lot of different people here. Right? There's, there's, there's Bulldog fans here. There's a Tech fan here. No, listen, listen, well, I, I shouldn't have said that, but I'm probably not going to apologize for it. There's a lot of different people. There's, there's folks here with a lot of money, and there's folks here with little money. There's folks with uh, advanced education. There's folks that never got out of high school. You with me? There's all kinds of different people represented just in this room. So what, what is it that, that we can gather around and share commonality in sharing in his death this one truth that christ came for the rich and for the poor for the educated and the uneducated even for tech fans and we can gather around that y'all and find commonality and fellowship and we can do this life, even though there's things that we might disagree on outside of the cross of Christ. We can latch our arms together and go, for this we stand. That Jesus Christ came to this world, the only begotten Son of the Father, and lived on this planet for 33 years, suffered, bled, and died, and gave his life's blood for us, and then rose again three days later and is right now in heaven praying for you and for me listen we can gather around and we can latch our arms on that single truth and that's what we do together yeah. Yeah. lastly this is a place where you can become i love this passage in ephesians when we we did our, our series in ephesians a year or so ago we we spent a lot of time on this, and man, I, I need, I just need you to hear this today. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, we are God's masterpiece. Can I read it like this? You are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Man, you're here on purpose. You're here because God. I want to become who God's called me to be, who God wants me to be, who God's destiny, destined me to be, and I want that for you. 
And so this is how we're going to celebrate that truth today. Our ushers are going to serve you in just a moment. Um, first Sunday of the month, we, we share in the Lord's Supper. And, and I, I think today, I, I, want, I, want this, I want this to have a special significance in you. The beautiful thing about sharing the Lord's Supper, and if you're not familiar with it, we, we take a, a bread and juice, and it helps us remember the work of the cross. And we'll, we'll go through that a little bit more momentarily. But, but here's the beautiful thing about that. I, I always looked at communion and taking the Lord's Supper as an opportunity to begin again for a, a fresh start, a, an opportunity to step away from my past. And listen, some of your past is 20 years ago. Some of your past is 20 minutes ago. Some of you showed up today and you didn't even want to come. But you made a commitment to somebody. You made a commitment to me. You, made it, you, you thought, well, somebody will call me or text me if I don't show up. I, I don't care why you're here. I, I don't want you to understand that this is an opportunity for you to begin again and to take a step toward becoming who God's intended you to be, called you to be, full of grace and truth. So our ushers are going to serve you. Donna's going to play and sing while they're serving you, and then, and then we'll... Uh, I, I need you to hear this now. Uh, if, if you're here and, and you're not a believer... Hey, hey, guys, wait just a second. I, I want you to hear this from my heart. You, you don't have to believe to belong here. Because here's what I believe. Uh, we, we said we, we're a church full of grace and a place where truth lives. I, I believe this with everything in me, that any person that's on a journey for real truth, well, well, you'll find yourself at the cross. And so I, you don't have to believe to belong. And if you don't feel comfortable taking, sharing this communion, I, you're, you're not going to offend anybody. You're not going to, you don't have to do this. But for everybody in the room, I, I want you to hear the seriousness about what we're getting ready to do. This is the perfect time for you to reflect and remember the cross of Christ and the work of Jesus and to turn inward and examine yourself and see if there's, if there's stuff in your life that doesn't belong. This is a beautiful time of repentance. In other words, this is a beautiful time to, to ask God to forgive you stuff that's, that, uh, that maybe you've done. Ask Him to cleanse you and wash you. So when they, as they're serving you, let's just examine ourselves. Christ, is there anything in me that doesn't belong?
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. night before Jesus gave his life for you and me he gathered his disciples in a room and he wanted to give them an image of of what was about to happen and he, he took a loaf of bread and he said this is my body it's going to be broken for you every time you eat it remember me so take and remember the broken body of the Lord Jesus Bible says that he then took a cup and he said this cup represents the blood that I'm going to shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin so I want you to take and remember the blood of Jesus thank you Lord now in your own way would you just thank God for the gift of his son? Lord, I love you. <coughs> thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. I 
thank you for the work of the cross, the broken body, and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. For that, we are thankful. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for the work of the cross. Yes. Thank you, Jesus.